Hallelujah. Amen. Well, it's an honor and a privilege to be here with each and every one of you here tonight. I'm honored to be in the presence of people that I will be spending eternity with. Amen. Praise the living God. I want to give honor to the Spirit of Christ, who is the head of my life. Without him, I would not be here, let alone even be a Christian. I want to give honor and a warm appreciation and my gratitude to pastors Alex and Naomi for allowing me to grace the pulpit tonight. Thank you so much. I love you guys. Thank you for believing in me. I want to give honor to my lovely wife and my beautiful children and honor to each and every one of y'all in your respectable places in the kingdom of God. And I don't say that lightly or as a filler for the message or as a cliche. I say that because you have a purpose in the kingdom of God. But in order to understand that purpose, you must know who you are. You must know who you are. If you don't know who you are as a believer, as a child of God, you will never understand your purpose. Thank you, Jesus. You know, for a lot of our lives, for those that are older, some of those that are younger, excuse me. We grow up with a particular way of thinking. The time we come of age, our conditioning is already starting. We're born into sin. King David said, I was conceived in sin and shapen. He was shaped by iniquity, which means he just didn't do a few bad things here and there. He was shaped by the repetition of the sins that he committed. And from a young age, we start to become conditioned to think a certain way, to believe a certain way. We become patterned and conditioned by what the world teaches us by what we experience, by what we're exposed to at an early age. And it carries over with us as we become a teenager, as we become an adolescent, as we become a young adult, all the way, some people all the way up until they're laying on their deathbed. But God desires to realign our thinking. God desires for us to be shapen by our identity and who we are in Him. Because most of us, if we're transparent, if we're honest, 
we come into the church and a lot of us, we're broken. We're like a puzzle that hasn't been put together and we're trying to figure out where all the pieces go. We're trying to figure out not only how to be a, a, a child in a home, we're not only trying to figure out how to be employers and, and employees, how to be sons, how to be daughters, how to be mothers and how to be fathers, but we're trying to figure out how to be a Christian. And sometimes it doesn't seem like we're that good at it. Y'all ain't going to let me preach in here tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. And what happens is, is that we become ineffective. We become a handicapped Christian. We become, we become conditioned by our experiences, whether in life or whether in church. We bring into the church what we carried out when we were in the world, the way that we conducted ourselves. Why do you think that Paul tells Timothy to exhort, to rebuke, to correct. Why do you think that Paul tells us in Hebrews, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens? And he even goes further than that. It goes on to say he scourges, which means it's painful when God disciplines you. He scourges and chastises every child that he receives. Because the Bible actually says if we are without chastisement, if we are without discipline, we are classified as bastards. Children that don't have a father. See, it's one thing to have an earthly father that may not have been present in your life, may not have been active in your life may not have been there with you when you were growing up. It's a whole nother thing not to have a heavenly father. Because God can repair what your earthly father didn't do. I said God can repair what your earthly father didn't do. God can recondition your mind. To believe according to the way that he tells us to believe. According to the way that he tells us to think. Some of us, when we come into the church, we don't even know how to think. That's why Paul said to be transformed. Not by the renewal of your mind, because sometimes we get born again and we think that's all there is to it. As Pastor Mike shared last weekend about salvation and being secure in that and not really necessarily doing anything with our calling or our purpose. But Paul said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. But he didn't say that. He said, by the renewing of your mind. I hope when you leave here tonight 
that you will have a kingdom mindset, that you will have a kingdom perspective, that you will have a new way of thinking. You will have a new way of looking. You will have a new way of processing when you leave here tonight, that you will have a kingdom mindset where it will become about God, where it will become about Jesus, where it will become about his spirit, where it will become about people and no longer so much about yourself. That's not my message, though. The title of my message is Effectiveness Through Acknowledgement. Some of y'all been acknowledging some things for way too long. That has kept you from seeing yourself in a way that God sees you. A way of stability, a way of constancy, and a way of consistency. Effectiveness through acknowledgement. Second Corinthians chapter 16. Second Corinthians chapter 16. I was going to share out of the King James Version because I really wanted to bring out the detail, excuse me, in some of these words. Excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Starting at verse 9. For a great and effective door is open to me. And there are many adversaries. God, I didn't realize there would be this many bumps in the road. I didn't realize it was going to be this challenging at times. I didn't realize it was going to bring the best and the worst out of me all at the same time. Paul's writing the Corinthians and he's telling them about a great and effectual door that has been opened for him as an opportunity for the gospel to go forward, to go forth. Most of us are familiar with Paul and the calling that Paul had when God gave him the word. When God allowed him to experience Christ on the road to Damascus and to get knocked off his high horse, to get knocked off his donkey by the glory of the Lord and becoming blinded at the very... Oh, that was Paul's altar call. He became blind. If we were to put out a sign-up sheet in the welcome area for when you come in, all those that want to sign up for the ministry of blindness, sign up on your way out or your way in. I don't think there would be many people signing up. But this is the calling that Paul received from 
his first encounter with Jesus. And he's told how many things he must suffer for the sake of the gospel. See, this isn't like Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. This isn't Burger King, have it your way right away. When we step into the kingdom of God, when we step into the presence of the living God, Paul said he is an all-consuming fire. That those that come to God must believe not only that he is, but that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Don't tell me that God doesn't reward. God rewards pain. God rewards suffering. God wants us to become renewed in the spirit of our mind, not in the spirit of our spirit. He could have said, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your spirit. But he said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He told when he was amongst the multitude, when he was proclaiming the kingdom of God, he said new wine must be put into new wineskins. New wine can't be put into old wineskins, otherwise it spills and it causes more of a mess than the mess that we were in before. That's why he said when a spirit leaves a person, when it leaves a host, when it leaves a body, it goes through dry places seeking rest. Spirits, they want rest. You and I want rest. We desire rest. Oh, hallelujah. King Solomon said, uh, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Because it's like sometimes no matter how much of a good time that we have in life, whether it's with family, whether it's with our job, whether it's with people, at times you and I, we just want rest. And those spirits will go through dry places seeking rest and they won't find anything. And they say, let me go back to that same place. And that person, uh, they, they go into a worse condition than the condition that they were in before. Effectiveness through acknowledgement. Too many people today, they, they, wanna, they want position without process. They want a paycheck without work. But if you are going to allow God to put you in a position to be effective, you must go through the process. I said if you want God to put you in a position to be effective for his use, his kingdom, and his glory, you must go through the process. There is no rerouting. There is no GPS. There is no detour. You must go through the process. That's why Jesus said, he that hears these sayings of mine, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a wise man that dug his foundation deep and built his house upon a rock, and the rains came, and the winds blew, and the storm came, and 
hell came and adversity came and opposition came and Paul said a great and effectual door is open for me to present the gospel to preach the gospel to demonstrate the gospel but he said there are many adversaries there are many opposing there are many that are coming against me but not for my sake for Jesus' sake as we will see as we go on in this message as we go on in the scripture that there is a process there is an acknowledgement that you must go through in order to be effective effectiveness through acknowledgement I want to share with you tonight not only about Paul but about two other individuals that are human thank you Jesus but they're spiritual as well Spirituality is good. The Bible teaches us that we should desire to be spiritual. But you can be spiritual and you can still sound like a clanging cymbal if you don't realize the love that God has put in your heart. You'll just make a bunch of ruckus. You'll make a bunch of noise. But it won't ever become effective. In the eyes of eternity. We're conditioned. We come into church with this conditioning. We come into this church. We come into church with this way of thinking. With this pattern of thinking. Why do you think there's so much deliverance in the church today? Why do you think there's so much counseling? At an alarming rate in the church today. Listen, there is always room for growth in the kingdom of God. God is not shaming us. God is not condemning us. But he will always open our eyes up to the truth of what he's saying to us. Even if we don't like the package it comes in. I said even if we don't like the package that it comes in. Well, I don't know who that person thinks they is thinks they are telling me what to do I've been doing this for years I did this at that church and I did this at this church and I've been in ministry for years I don't know who they think they are effectiveness through acknowledgement acknowledging who you are as a son and daughter of God will produce effectiveness in what you're saying Verse 10, and if Timothy comes, see that he may be with you without fear. For he does the work of the Lord as I also do. Paul tells us here that he does the work of the Lord. He said, when you bring Timothy, make sure you bring him and he's not afraid. Paul writes to Timothy in, in the second book of Timothy, the second letter that he writes to Timothy he says that God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Timmy, Timothy was so afraid that it took the spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind to break the fear. 
Paul wanted Timothy to see himself for who he was as a child of God. A lot of us today, we have a problem with the way that we look as a child of God. And if we were to correlate that with a, if we were to correlate that in a natural sense, some of us don't even like the way we look in the mirror. I said y'all aren't going to let me preach in here tonight. But God wants to get down into the deep issues that have been rooted for so many years where we have taken on, where we have taken on mindsets, as Paul describes them. Mindsets. Because see, the demon can leave, devils can leave a person. But you can still think like one. You can still have attributes like a devil. Works of the flesh. Envy. Jealousy. Hatred. Comparing yourself with others in the church. Comparing yourself with others in your community. Comparing yourself with others in the gated community. They just got the boat. I got to go get a bigger one. I don't care if I have to use $30,000 on my credit card to get it. Y'all don't want me to tell the truth in here tonight. <laughs> Effectiveness through acknowledgement. But it's so amazing the way that God does this and the process that he uses to conform us to the image and likeness of Christ and to take on the mind of Christ. Listen, we're no better than the disciples were when they were fighting over who was going to sit on the right hand and who was going to sit on the left hand when Jesus came into his glory. They weren't worried about ministry. They were doing ministry, but they weren't worried about ministry. They weren't focused on ministry. They wanted to know where they could sit, where the power was. They wanted to be where the anointing was. But Jesus said, you first must be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. John said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But there comes one mightier than I after me who is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I'm not even worthy to stoop down and loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. But I think some people, when they hear the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they stop at the Holy Ghost and they forget when they go through trials. They forget when they go through struggles. They forget when they go through betrayal. They forget when they go through disappointment. They forget when they go through the valley. They forget when they go through hardship. They forget when they go through bankruptcy. They forget forget when they go through difficulty. They forget when they go through failure. They forget when they go through setback that Jesus said he will baptize you with fire. See that you bring Timothy without fear. These people were having to hide in places while they were effective in their witness. Sometimes people wouldn't even give us a second look because there's no effectiveness. 
these people were risking getting their heads cut off. I think sometimes we get the wrong impression in Western culture about what it truly means to be a disciple. What it truly means to be a witness. I want to talk to you about ministry service. Identity. Unity. Growth in the body of Christ. Growth. Because sometimes you're going to see growth in churches. You're going to see growth if you're part of this church. And sometimes God may bring people you don't like. Sometimes God may bring people you don't agree with. But you stop liking them because they don't agree with you. Don't go to another church after this message. I'll get in trouble. Growth in the body of Christ so that God's will and purpose can be done in the earth and in through us. 2 Corinthians 1.6. Now if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. That word effective in the King James Version is effectual. It's a word that speaks of work. It's a word that speaks of power. It's a word that talks about superhuman strength that comes from being connected to the source. Stuff that you weren't able to endure before, stuff you weren't able to forgive before, stuff you weren't able to overlook before, the stuff that got on your nerves two years ago, the stuff that upset you so easily two years ago, the stuff that upset you so easily a week ago. God's divine power inside of us to be affected by the acknowledging of who we are so his will and purpose and intent can be done in and through us, around us, until he comes back. Hallelujah, Jesus. See, if I was in the prison right now, they'd be standing on top of the pew. <laughs> Them guys would be going crazy. Especially when you mention the word power. <laughs> Y'all know you're sitting there, you want to jump out of your seat as soon as you heard that word power. You're like, yes, power, baby. Power in my truck, power in my boat, power in my house. Some of y'all know you rule with an a, a, a iron fist. <laughs> It's awfully quiet in here right now. I said y'all ain't going to let me tell the truth in here tonight. 
He says, if we're afflicted, it's for somebody else. God, I just can't take this anymore. How much am I going to have to go through this? How much am I going to have to deal with this person? How much am I going to have to deal with these people? How much am I going to have to deal with this situation? How much am I going to have to deal with this person? How much am I going to have to deal with my kids not listening to me? How much am I going to have to deal with my husband, with my wife? Why do I feel so afflicted? My emotions are raging right now. I want to break something. Effectiveness through acknowledgement. See, good times don't bring about the character of Christ. It's hard to tell you. Hard times bring about the character of Christ. Difficult times bring about the character of Christ. Suffering brings about the character of Christ. Jesus was the Son of God. Jesus was God's only begotten Son. And the Bible says that though he were a son, yet he learned obedience through the things, not that made him feel good, not the things that look good, not the things that seem good. Though he were a son, he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Your suffering is bringing about obedience. Give God some praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. I just want to talk to you tonight. If we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and your salvation. Which is effective. There that word is again. Somebody say effective. Wait a minute. I'm afflicted so I can be effective? Yes. I'm hurting so I can be effective? Yes. I'm struggling so I can be effective? Yes. Jesus said, enter in at the straight gate for straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. And he said, there's few that find it. Now, he wasn't just talking about a few people. Lord, I'm not going to say that right now because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. He wasn't talking about the 144,000. He said, there's few that find it because few could be billions with God. If you have faith as small as the grain of a mustard seed. He didn't say if you have faith as big. Oh, i got to have big faith, strong faith. Jesus said faith as small. Thank you, Jesus. Which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted. It is for your consolation and salvation. He said, if we're comforted, it's for your deliverance. It's so that you can be comforted. As he talked about, we comfort people where with the same comfort that you and I are comforted with. 
But we don't always acknowledge that. We acknowledge the pain. We acknowledge the suffering. We acknowledge the hurt. We acknowledge the unforgiveness. We acknowledge the bitterness. We acknowledge the person walking out. We acknowledge the person cussing us out. We acknowledge it. We acknowledge our, our boss from five and ten years ago that fired us. We acknowledge all these different things that we have a tendency to cling to that bring about, I'm going to say it, the works of your flesh. Anger, wrath, malice, outbursts of wrath, envy, jealousy, hatred, malice. But I hope you see in here tonight that when you leave here, that you will have the mindset of acknowledging whose mind is inside of you, whose life is inside of you, whose spirit is inside of you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3, 7, Ephesians 3, 7. Of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective, somebody say effective, working of his power. Whose power is it? It's God's power. Grace was given to Paul for the gift that he had received. Listen, Paul was so gifted. He was so he was so talented. He was so intelligent. If he were alive today and he were to hang his degrees on the wall, we would all bend our head in shame. This man came from the tribe of Benjamin. He came from the stock of Israel. He was God's covenant child. But he said, what things were gained to me, those things I have counted at a loss. That I may win Christ. That I may know him. In the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings. Paul was so gifted that God had to give him a messenger of Satan to buffet him so that he wouldn't become exalted above measure. He said, I, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace that God gave him. Of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. The power should be effective in our lives. The power should be working in our lives. There comes a time where we grow up into sons and daughters of God. Where we're not... Where we're no longer just taking in the word and feeling good on a Sunday and feeling bad by Monday. And church on Sunday and church on Wednesday, cussing out your boss on Friday. 
effectiveness through acknowledgement. Paul became a minister according to the gift. He didn't say according to the spirit. According to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. And here's my main verse. Philemon. Verse 6. That the sharing of your faith may become effective. There's that word again, effective. By the acknowledgement. Thank you, God. Some of y'all been acknowledging shame for too long. Some of y'all been acknowledging insecurity for too long. Some of y'all been acknowledging not being good enough for too long. And when we acknowledge these things as human beings, as people, we will go from thing to thing. We will go from vice to vice. We will go from person to person, from man to man, and woman to woman. Trying to find a way to fill that void inside. Trying to find a way to feel good about ourselves, but never really being actually content and satisfied with who God says we are. Broken relationships. Broken marriages. Broken hearts. Broken minds. But I came to serve the devil. Notice tonight that your mind is the mind of Christ. That God has given you a new mind. That God has given you a new way to think. That God has given you a new way to live. That some of you are getting ready to soar like an eagle. Some of you are getting ready to run like a champion. Some of you are getting ready to mount up with wings as eagles. You will run and not be weary. And you will walk and not faint. That the communication of your faith may become effective by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. Somebody say, there's good in me. Now say it like you mean it. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Say it like you believe it. Say it like you believe it. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Glory, God. Glory, Jesus. By the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you, in Christ Jesus. Can you put that verse up for me one more time, please? Hallelujah, Jesus. That the sharing. Hallelujah, Jesus. Why did you stop sharing your faith?
Why did you stop telling people about Jesus, the one you once loved and adored? Couldn't wait to get to work the next day so you could tell somebody how much he loved them. Now ministry has worn you out. Church has burnt you out. Family has given up on you. But I came to tell you tonight that God came to do a realignment in your faith. God came to do a realignment in your mind. God came to do a realignment in your thought process. God came to do a realignment in your thinking process. God came to do a realignment in the way that you see him, the way that you see yourself, the way that you see your faith, the way that you see people, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. Not everything that is bad, not everything that is wrong, not every that you have failed, not everywhere that you have went back, not everywhere that you have went wrong, not every time that you have given up on God, every time that you have broken promises with God, he said that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledging not where you messed up, not where you sinned, not how many times you failed, not how many times you ran, not how many times you left, but by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus, the love, the joy, the peace, the goodness, the kindness, the mercy, the gentleness, the faithfulness, the spirit of the living God on the inside of you. Give God some praise. I'm almost finished. Don't worry, you'll still make sunnies. Sorry, Jesus. Sometimes we just need to pass old Sonny Boy by. Pass that plate up. And be like, Job, your word have I esteemed more than my necessary food. God, I don't care what it takes. God, I don't care what I have to go through. God, I don't care what I have to endure. God, I don't care what kind of afflictions come my way. God, I don't care what kind of pain comes my way. God, I'm laying my life on the altar. God, I'm pouring out my heart before you. God, I lay my life as a living sacrifice. God, I present my life to you as a living sacrifice on your altar so that his fire can fall. Jesus loves you. The Bible says the righteous are bold as a lion. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and that they that dwell therein. That the communication, the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. Let go of the shame. Let go of the regret. Let go of the bitterness. Let go of the pain. Let go of the unforgiveness. Let go of the betrayal. Let go of who hurt you. Let go of who cheated on you. Let go of who talked about you. Who gossiped about you. Who said this about you and who said that about you. And who's talking about you. Let go of the fear. Let go of the disgust. Let go of the rejection. Let go of the self-hatred. Let go of the self-denial and take up the spirit of the living God. Recognize what is good in you in Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. That the communication of your faith may become effective operative, active, and powerful through the acknowledging 
of every good thing that is in you. I'll never make it out of this. My mama was like this. My daddy was like this. My granddaddy and his granddaddy and their grandmother was like this. Oh, I'm just this way because this is how my dad used to be. I'm just this way because this is the way my mom used to be. Hallelujah. I'm this way because this is the way that people have treated me. That the communication of your faith may become effective, may become effectual, may become effective, operative, powerful. That when you get up in the morning, you don't see you. You see Jesus. I said you see Jesus. Not that broken person, not that hurt person. God said upon this one I will look to him that is of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. I remember years ago, before coming to this church, we went through a severe trial. The devil almost took everything except my life, literally. But praise be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus and makes manifest the fragrance of his knowledge by us in every place. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about, always caring about the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in your mortal body. And I remember I had these pair of shoes because I went through so many pairs of work boots. I got tired of spending $150, $200 on a pair of work boots that wore out in seven months. So I started wearing these Nike shoes. Y'all know I love me some Nikes now. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. He, he likes my shoe collection. Because he gives them to me. Hallelujah. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I remember I had on those shoes. And I was walking in those shoes. And they started talking to me after a couple days, Pastor Mike. They got worn out. And I would come home at the end of the day. And I would take off those old shoes that were talking to me. But I would put on the new shoes. And I would go throughout the rest of the day and the rest of the night in those new shoes. But I said, man, I'm walking around town. I'm walking with my family. But it still feels like I got those shoes on. It still feels like I'm in the same shoes. You ever felt like you were in the same body and the same person that you used to be? The same struggle. And I remember walking in those new shoes, being in those new shoes, but having that motion of those shoes on my feet, feeling like those shoes were on my feet. And I said, what is this? And the Lord spoke to me. And he said, Brian, I wanted to show you something. That even though you still walked in those old shoes... And even though they still took you places. And now you're in the new shoes. 
but you still feel like you have the old shoes on. You still feel like you have the old shoes on, but you're actually in the new shoes, Brian. And he said, Brian, that's how I see you. Even though you may feel the motions of sin, even though you may feel like you're going to fail, even though you may fear of failing, even though you may feel like you're going back, even though you feel like that I may not be with you and that you're not a new creation, even though you may not feel like a Christian, even though those old, oh God, those old mindsets, those old ways of thinking, those old way of saying things, those old way of doing things, even though it may still feel like that's on, I want to tell you, Brian, that if anyone is in my son Jesus, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Old shoes have passed away. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You may still feel like you're in that old way and that old pattern and those old shoes, but I came to submit to you tonight that some of you are getting ready to mount up with wings as eagles. Some of you are getting ready to run like champions. Some of you are getting ready to be more than an overcomer, more than a conqueror, just like Paul said, that the communication of your faith may become effective by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. And I remember God said that even though in your mind you feel like you have those shoes on, even though you may feel like you're still a sinner, even though you may still feel unclean at times, even though you may still feel dirty, I have washed you in the blood of my son. I have washed you in the water. I have washed you in baptism. I have filled you with my spirit. I have given you a new way to think. That's why Paul said casting down imaginations. He didn't say cast down imaginations. C-A-S-T. He said casting. C-A-S-T-I-N-G. Because it's an ongoing thing, baby. It's a lifelong thing, baby. But you got to acknowledge the good that is inside you. In Christ Jesus, give God some praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Father, we thank you. That we are new creations. And when we understand this, God, it brings us in harmony with others. It brings us in unity with others. When we accept ourselves, when we love ourselves for who we are and not what we did, we are able to be effective with the communication of our faith. Father, in this place tonight, I pray for each and every person, God, that might have come in here, Lord, with that wrong mindset, God, that hinders us at times. I pray tonight, Father, that your word would bring revelation and illumination and that they would be renewed in the spirit of their mind. Father, we give you the glory, we give you the honor, and we give you the praise. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, amen. If you need prayer, there will be a couple leaders up here if you need prayer tonight. If not, God bless you. We'll see you guys again in the morning. Have a great night.